The text for today is from uh, John chapter 20, and it begins on verse 19, and this is what it says. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. I want to invite uh, forward Pastor Paul Koch. Paul is, uh, pastor Paul Koch is uh, an alum of Concordia. Uh, he's also the pastor at Grace Lutheran Church up in Ventura. Let's welcome him. name of Jesus, amen. It's strange uh, to be here. Not strange to preach, that's my job. Not necessarily strange to be on this campus. Um, I graduated roughly 17 years ago from here, Uh, and I come back from time to time, Uh, but it is definitely strange to be here to preach. I never really imagined I would be doing that. As a preacher, you see, I, I hold the first importance that you kind of have to know your people in order to preach to them. At my church in Ventura, I try anyway to get to know my congregation, get to know their trials, their successes, their failures, so that I might bring the word of God to them. You? I don't know you. <laughs> um, I, I know people who work with you, but I don't really know you. I don't know your struggles. I don't know your victories, I don't, I don't know what you brag about with your friends, what keeps you up at night, what you're ashamed of, so it's kind of presumptuous of me to believe that I can just walk in here and preach, but it won't stop me, I'll still try, lesser men have given it a shot, so I figured I will as well, so I was thinking about this, and, uh, and what I did was I was trying to remember what it was like when I was here as a student, because some things haven't changed. We, too, gathered here in Space Mountain, right, to worship and receive the gifts of God. Uh, We, too, had a whole uh, cycle of preachers that would come in from various congregations to motivate us, entertain us, enlighten us, guide us, bring the Word of God to us. And when I was thinking about that, I realized I don't remember a single one of them. I mean, not a one. It's not just that I don't remember their messages. That would be one thing. My own members don't remember my messages. But I don't really even remember who they were. Now, that, that's a bit unnerving for me. Uh, it can be kind of comforting, too. I mean, it's unnerving because if I had a home run today and I just knocked this one out of the park, you, you know, you guys aren't going to remember it anyway. But then again, on the flip side, if I bomb, that's good, too, because you won't really remember anyway. And And on we go. But it's too late to back out now, so away we go. The text that uh, Pastor Anderson read dealt with our our Lord's disciples in the upper room after his crucifixion, right? It says they are gathered there in that room in Jerusalem out of fear. They were afraid. And that makes sense that they would be afraid. After all, their Lord, the one that they loved, the one that they followed, the one that they treasured, the, the one that they sat at his feet and heard his words the one that they, they received blessings from. He has just been unjustly tried, brutally beaten, and crucified outside the city walls. 
So rightly, they're afraid. They're afraid and they don't know what to do next. And so now they're left all alone, all by themselves. They have to figure out what's the next best move, how to go forward from here. And you can probably imagine some of the conversations they would have. I mean, they're trying to figure this out, right? They might try to set up some guidelines, some rules by how they go forward, you know, because there's a lot of expectations on these guys. These aren't just any ordinary disciples. They followed Jesus of Nazareth. They followed a guy who would raise people from the dead, a a guy who, who would heal the sick, make blind people see, cast demons out of people. There were a lot of expectations. And so you can imagine they start to establish certain guidelines, certain rules for how they conduct themselves going forward as they move out of that upper room. The upper room. It was a safe place. It was a comforting place. It's a place where they could kind of pause and get it all figured out, you know? And in many ways, probably more ways than we would like to admit, this campus is sort of an upper room. It's a place where you gather together and you you stop for a moment. Not that you're not busy, but it is a safe kind of protected place where you're figuring it out. And you know that the choices you make here will impact your life for many years to come. Decisions matter. It's a grave situation, even if it doesn't always quite feel like it. Now, I assume you're probably much better at it than we were as students when I was here. And the reason is because you have more rules than I did. You do. I hear that it's a dry campus now, right? So that means you have no idea of the wonders of beer yet, right? And so you're focused, you're straight. You know what's coming, right? You also have a much more detailed code of student conduct than we did. Lots of rules. So recreational sex, drug use, these things, they're not an issue, right? Or maybe not. See, we hide away in our upper room. We get there. We think it's safe. And the first thing we start doing is we start decorating it with rules and guidelines. Hopefully these things will give us not only a safe place to be, but it will give us success. We'll be able to measure how we go forward. It will prepare us for that life to come. But there's a problem with our upper room. and The problem is, it gives us a false sense of hope and security. You see, because we set up rules and we play a game with them. We believe if we follow the rules, then we will be successful. But yet behind the rules, we find there's all these expectations set upon us. And sometimes the rules just become one more thing that impinges down upon us. You guys at this stage in life have a lot of expectations set upon you. You have parents who expect things, coaches that expect things. You have professors that expect things. You have friends and family. You have music directors. You have all sorts of people that expect a lot of things from you. And what you find under those expectations, even with all the rules and guidelines to keep this place safe and secure, is you don't keep those expectations. Oh, you do some pretty well sometimes. But there's a lot of days where you know you've failed. 
That's because beneath all the rules and all the expectations lies a rule of God that cannot be shifted or moved away from. God's law is what stands beneath all of our laws and rules. And it's not a law that we can just change when we feel uncomfortable with it. And that law speaks directly to you and it says, you know what? You are not okay. It may come as a shock, but you're not. And in this way, you are no different than I was as a student here. You are sinners. With all the rules, with all the, the, the regulations, it hasn't stopped you from being sinners. Our upper rooms don't become places of freedom, but places of bondage. Which is why it's a wonderful thing that we have a Lord who makes a habit of showing up unannounced and uninvited right in the midst of our upper rooms. And he arrives in the midst of our upper rooms, not with great fanfare, but with a simple word. A word that comes to you right now, a word that finds you, whether you're bragging about your sins with your friends or you're running away from them out of shame. A word that comes to you and says, peace be with you. And there it is. God's word bestows what it says. Peace. Peace be with you because your debts have been paid for. Peace be with you because in the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, your sins have already been judged and condemned and you have been set free. Peace. Because the tomb, the tomb is empty. And a new day has dawned for you. Now this is good news. This is, this is the best news. This is hope. This is a new life. This is freedom for us from those upper rooms of our own devising. But it gets even better. Because Jesus doesn't leave that word of peace once upon a time all those years ago. No, he brings that word again and again. He takes that word of peace and he puts it in the mouths of other people. So we read in the text today, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold it, it is withheld. In, a, in, a, in an amazing moment, Jesus takes all the benefits of the cross and the empty tomb, and he puts it in the mouths of his disciples, and he says, you're going to go into the upper rooms of this world, into other people's lives who are bound up by laws and rules, and you're going to speak about peace. You will set them free. So, This, Jesus says, is the plan. There's not really a backup plan. This is the plan. He will put his word into the mouths of other people so that it will be spoken here and now. So the brokenhearted will be bound up, so that the captives will be set free. And though I know the chances are pretty good you will not remember this moment 
or what I say here today. I want you to know that it is still my joy and my privilege to bring that word of peace to you. So in the gifts of our crucified and resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, I say to you, this day, you are forgiven all of your sins. You are forgiven. You are forgiven, my friends. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.